The playoffs begin today in St. Louis as the Cardinals host the Philadelphia Phillies in game one of their wildcard series. And we've got all the info you could possibly want in today's episode. One surprise name has made the roster. Game one pitching matchup. We'll talk about that. Offensive comparisons. Is Helsley ready to go out of the bullpen? We've also got some X factors on both teams I want to bring up. All of this happening on today's playoff episode of Locked on Cardinals. You are locked on Cardinals. Your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey there, Cardinals fans. I'm Jimmy Hafford. I'm a national radio sports anchor. Born and raised in the Lou. Lifetime Cardinals fan. And I'm your host for Locked On Cardinals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Covering your team every day. You can follow me on Twitter at JD Sports Radio. Follow the podcast on Twitter at LO underscore Cardinals. I want to thank those of you who make Locked On Cardinals your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcast, on YouTube. Make sure you like, subscribe, hit that notification button. That way you're made aware of when we have new episodes going on. You can also comment down below, interact with us on the YouTube page. This is a show serving Cardinal Nation and giving the best fans in baseball all of the info about the birds on the bat. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Well, it's time for some meaningful October baseball. Are we ready, Cardinals fans? Ah, excited about this. You've got uh, the tale of two franchises going on in this one. On, on one hand, the visiting Philadelphia Phillies, they're in the playoffs again for the first time in 11 years. Now, the last time we saw the Phillies at the playoffs was back in 2011. Chris Carpenter, superstar, throws a complete game shutout against them in Philly to beat them one to nothing. The big upset because the Phillies were the number one seed that year in the National League. Ryan Howard crumbled on the ground after tearing his Achilles tendon on the last out of the game. Cardinals go on to win the World Series that year and have been to the postseason the last four years in a row. 2019, they beat the Braves in the NLDS, but get swept by Washington in the NLCS. Washington goes on to win the World Series. 2020, the COVID year, they lose to the Padres in the Wild Card Series in three games, two games to one. And then last year, they get bounced by the Dodgers in the NL Wild Card game on that ugly, stupid walk-off home run. I don't even want to talk about it anymore. So, Cardinals-wise, it's not exactly like they've had that much success in the postseason recently, but they have made it four years in a row, and that, that's a pretty big deal, okay? Don't overlook that. But the goal is to win the thing, not just make it. And to do that, they're going to have to get through the Phillies first. So with all of the different injuries and matchup questions, here's how the roster ended up shaping out for the series. Katie Wu from The Athletic was tweeting out stuff yesterday about this as they became available, and here's what she said. All five starters on the roster, yes, Wainwright, O'Neill is off, Gorman is on, no Burleson. The left-handed relievers will be Mats, Thompson, Naughton, Cabrera not on the roster, the young is. So in a bit of a twist, Nolan Gorman makes the postseason roster after getting banished to Memphis on September the 19th. Now, I've been a pro-Gorman guy this year. And it kind of bit me in the butt later on in the season because you had the good side of Gorman, who can play second base. He can play third base. He's got a super strong arm, hits from the left side. He banged 14 home runs, drove in 35 runs in 89 games. All of that sounds great, right? Uh, but then you got the guy who slumped big time going four for 29, which is a 138 batting average. By the way, I did math. 
with 15 strikeouts over his last 10 games before getting demoted. He wasn't getting any playing time anymore. He couldn't put the ball in play. It was just bad. So, like Ali said at the beginning of the year, like you have to earn your spot on this roster. And they sent him down so he could get more at-bats because he was just rotting away on the bench. Now, according to John Denton at MLB.com, who is a fantastic follow, by the way, if you don't follow John Denton on Twitter or follow his work on MLB.com, you really should as a Cardinal fan. Here's what he said about this. Ultimately, the Cardinals chose Gorman over outfielder Alec Burleson because of his versatility on the infield and the enormous pop in his bat. Gorman hit the second of four straight home runs by Cardinals hitters in Philadelphia in early July, and he drew six walks against the Phillies pitching staff this season. Now, asked about the decision, manager Ali Marmel said this, there are pluses and minuses to however you want to chop that decision up with him and Burleson. At the end of the day, I thought Burleson actually took really good at-bats, and in his last several games, he showed an ability to drive the ball to all fields. Although there wasn't a high level of production, he showed good contact. But Gorman provides more versatility in how you can defensively replace someone and still hit for them. There's more versatility with Gorman being on the roster. Fair enough, right? Now, I personally didn't see much from Burleson in his short time up on the team. And you've got left-handed hitting in the outfield already. You've got Dickerson, Newt Bar, Carlson. Although he's not very good at hitting left-handed, <laughs> he still can do it. Already good to go in the outfield. So adding another infielder, that made a lot of sense. I just didn't know if they were going to bring Gorman back. I didn't know if they were going to just kind of like, all right, dude, your season's over. Just kind of take the time away. But I'm not disappointed in this move. Uh, and, I, and I hope he becomes a useful piece uh, here in the postseason. So here's what you got uh, roster-wise all together, okay? Yachty and Kisner are your catchers. Goldie, Donovan, Edmund, Arenado, DeYoung, and Gorman are your infielders. Then it's Dickerson, Yepes, Carlson, Newtbar, and Ben Deluzio in the outfield. How about Ben Deluzio, man, making this postseason roster? Great speed, great glove in the outfield. You, you really don't want to see him have to hit <laughs> at all, but he can be one of those defensive replacements since you don't have Tyler O'Neill, Fantastic two-time gold glover in left field. You don't have him to play left or center field, so if you got to make some moves, He's somebody you can bring in late in games, which Ollie has done in September, and uh, he doesn't hurt you whatsoever out there. You guys remember the good old days, by the way? Like, looking at those names, remember when at the beginning of the season it was O'Neal, Bader, Carlson? That was it. You didn't have to worry about anything else. Like, if there was one thing on this roster that was set, you didn't know what you were doing in the middle infield yet. You still, yeah, you had Goldie and Arnott on the corners, but your outfield was set. You had two gold glovers left and center. And then you had Carlson at right field who could win a gold glove. And all of that has changed. Like, wow. Isn't that crazy what happens over an entire season? Unreal. Uh, as far as the pitching staff went, all five starters made the roster. Now, come on. You didn't really think they were going to leave Adam Wainwright off of the playoff roster, did you? Seriously? People were talking about that online. Like, well, I don't know if Wayno's going to make it. What do you mean, man? They're not going to do that. Uh, Bullpen-wise, we, we did have some questions because the team had a lot of different guys who were good at certain things. So th this might have been the area where I was most interested in because I didn't know who they were going to pluck, who they were going to decide to choose from because they had a lot of different ways to go in this one, a, a lot of depth in this Cardinals franchise as far as pitching. So here's what ended up happening. Once again, according to John Denton's article, we've got uh, Stephen Matz, the starter, before tearing his uh, MCL and his left knee in late July worked his way back. I didn't think we'd see him again. He's come back and looked great. 
will be used in the high leverage spots to get left-handers out. Rookie Zach Thompson, phenomenal. Someone who was trying to figure out how to stop throwing 87 miles an hour this time last year following a tough AAA season, earned a spot on the roster with the massive growth he's made in a short period of time. Again, those are Denton's words. And um, Thompson's been outstanding. We brought up his stats earlier this week. Uh, the final decision facing the Cardinals was whether or not to stockpile the bullpen with a third left-hander or then fortify the roster in other ways. Ultimately, the Cardinals decide to use their final spot to boost their number of pitchers to 12 while keeping 14 position players. They go with Packy Naughton over Henesis Cabrera. And he also says, uh, don't be surprised if Flaherty the longtime starter who recently regained command of his dynamic fastball slider mix isn't used almost exclusively out of the bullpen to piggyback with Quintana and Michaelis to keep from overexposing those pitchers following the second or third time through the lineup. But again, that makes a lot of sense. You know, Quintana, he doesn't go deep into a lot of games. Usually it's five innings, maybe six. And if you can keep Michaelis fresh by throwing six or less innings and avoid his he tends to give up the long ball a little bit later in the game. Avoid that issue. Uh, more power to you. Uh, I think it's kind of nice to have two guys in Flaherty and Matts who can go two or three innings from the right and the left side if you need them to. So I like what the Cardinals have done here uh, as far as their roster goes. I don't think anything, anybody who didn't make the roster, I'm not like, oh gosh, I can't believe that happened. I was a little more surprised that Gorman was on instead of another pitcher, like maybe a Jake Woodford. But I understand it. I absolutely understand it. So up next, we're going to talk about the pitching matchups and uh, why Jose Quintana ended up getting the ball for game one. Now, Bet Online, have we gone there yet, my friends? BetOnline.net, your number one source for football betting info this season. You can find all of the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. And as always, Bet Online remains your continued source for all your sport wagering information. They've got live betting and up-to-minute scores for every single sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. So playoffs are here. Want to put some money down on the series? You can do that. Football-wise, last night, whoa, P.U. Fugly won last night with the Colts beating the Broncos 12-9 in overtime. All field goals. That could not have made the NFL happy that that was their primetime game on Thursday night last night. Although it was so bad that everybody was watching and tweeting about it last night. And I even said to the wife, I'm like, here's the thing. Amazon Prime's got to be licking their lips, just laughing at all of us that are watching this awful football game. But we're all tuned in. We're all tweeting about how bad things are. Russell Wilson looked absolutely lost last night. Matt Ryan looks like he's 50 years old. Just, just a horrible game for people who like good quarterback play. Uh, as far as what's going to go on this weekend, my Packers are in London. They're their early game on Saturday against the Giants. They're nine-point favorites now. Kind of struggled against New England this last week, so I don't know if uh, nine points. I don't know if you trust that. Eagles at the Cardinals. Eagles are 4-0. They're five-and-a-half-point favorites at Arizona, whose offense has basically been Kyler Murray just running around like a chicken with his head cut off, just trying to create plays. Um, Jalen Hurts, the quarterback for the Eagles, he's looked pretty darn good in uh, every aspect. If he has to throw, he can do it. Uh, if he doesn't need to and has to use his legs, he's been able to do that this year. So that's an interesting one. Bengals at Ravens on Sunday night. That should be a good one in general. 
get all the info about these games and the rest of the NFL slate, college football. You need all of these uh, games by uh, going to Bet Online. That's where all that information's at. Head to BetOnline.net, or you can use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. Back to the Phillies and the Cardinals, and um, let's talk a little pitching, shall we? The Cardinals had some decisions to make about their starting pitchers heading into the series. More specifically, it was, who's going to start game one and two? And in my eyes, it was up to Quintana or Michaelis, and I wasn't really going out on a limb with uh, those picks. Yesterday in our crossover episode with uh, Connor Thomas from Locked on Phillies, who if you don't follow, you should. Go check out what's going on, as as he put it, behind enemy lines. If you want to get the insight on what's going on with the Phillies in the series, Connor's got you covered. But uh, I said that both were were deserving of throwing the ball in game one. You know, maybe Michaelis would get the nod just because the Phillies' numbers against right-handers were down a bit from how they fare against the left-handers. But that Quintana certainly earned the spot with how good he's been since coming to St. Louis. They decided to go with Quintana in game one, Michaelis in game two, which is fine. If we're talking recent success, Quintana definitely had the better numbers, three and two since coming to the team, but his ERA, 2.01, even better in September, October, where his ERA is 0.81. You crazy, man. He's been so good and so steady. And with this Phillies lineup, which uh, sports power hitters like Bryce Harper, Kyle Schwarber, Reese Hoskins, Nick Castellanos, JT Realmuto, it's good to know that Quintana is one of those pitchers that keeps the ball in the yard, has only given up one home run in 62 and two-thirds innings with the Cardinals, and that was like, I think, the third hitter he faced is what happened. I think Patrick Wisdom hit a home run off of him with the Cubs in his first game with the with the Cardinals, and nobody's hit one off him since. He's been outstanding. And making sure that Harper and Schwarber don't do damage is going to be a key to the, uh, the, the victory if the Cardinals are able to pull this off. Lefty's batted 219 with a 557 on base slugging percentage against Quintana this season. He faced the Phillies on July 29th in Pittsburgh before he got traded to the Cardinals. Shut him out for five and two-thirds innings. Really good. And if I did my research right, because sometimes I get online, and I start going through numbers, and I'm like, am I typing all of this in right? But I think I got this right. Harper, in his career, 0 for 6 against Quintana with three strikeouts in the regular season. And then he's 0 for 3 with a strikeout in the postseason, but he did have an RBI. So 0 for 9, 4 Ks, and an RBI total. That's Harper against Quintana in his career. And then Schwarber is just 1 for 6 off of him. No extra base hits and two punchies. So pretty darn good stuff against arguably Philadelphia's two best hitters. And let's not forget Quintana's also pitching for his next contract. He's a free agent after this year and another good outing, especially in the postseason. That could be huge for the 33-year-old left-hander. And he appears to be pretty excited about getting the nod. He uh, had this quote, I mean, it's a great opportunity for me. At the beginning of the year, I worked hard to get an opportunity to pitch again as a starter. As soon as I got this trade to pitch for the Cardinals, I felt that energy and how they see the games, and I was so excited. This opportunity means a lot to me because we play baseball to be in October. Friday is the start toward our goal, and it's important for me to take advantage of this opportunity. He said the word opportunity 52 times in that paragraph, by the way. Uh, On the other side of things for the Phillies, you got Zach Wheeler, who has dominated the Cardinals this year in two starts against them. Wheeler has allowed only nine hits, all singles, in 14 scoreless innings. Overall this year, he was 12-7, and his ERA just 2.82. Now, being a right-handed pitcher, you would think lefties would be better against him. But you would be wrong. 
That's not the case, right? He's hit 240 off of Wheeler this year with six home runs, struck out 80 times. Left-handers hit just 201 against him, seven home runs, 83 strikeouts. So lineup-wise, you just have to put your best guys out there. There's no real matchup advantages by stacking a bunch of lefties against him because it doesn't work that way, uh, according to his stats this year. Uh, Wheeler was much better at home than on the road. He was 6-3 and three with a 1.85 ERA in Philly on the road, 6-4, and four, but his ERA jumps up to 3.84. That's a big difference. Eight of the 13 home runs he gave up were also on the road. Opponents also hit better against him during the day. Then at night, they hit 249 off of them under the sun compared to 208 at night. So that's good news for the Cardinals because it's a day game today. Um, What it reminded me a lot of, this whole Zach Wheeler situation, remember how the Cardinals had a really rough time with Corbin Burns? Corbin Burns was just going right through the Cardinals in like their first three uh, chances to go up against him this year. And then they saw him again, and they finally figured him out and hit him pretty darn hard. Hopefully they can do the same against Wheeler today. You've seen him twice. You know what he's got. Let's put the bat on the ball. Now, as far as the bullpen goes, the big news was uh, closer Ryan Helsley with the the thumb injury, jammed his middle finger uh, against Pittsburgh in his last outing. Does not appear to be an issue. He got to throw yesterday and everything seems fine. So he's ready to go along with uh, Jordan Hicks in the bullpen, who was also activated in those final games against Pittsburgh. And then uh, he's on the roster as well. So. Set to go. We're going to talk a little offense next here on Locked On Cardinals because both teams got some serious sluggers on each side, and one of them actually thought about retiring back in June. I might be wearing his T-shirt right now. We'll talk about that next on Locked On Cardinals. Offensively, we know what the Cardinals have. At least you should by now. We've been here talking about it all season. You've got the likely NL MVP in Paul Goldschmidt. Arguably the best all-around third baseman in baseball in Nolan Arenado. Tommy Two Bags Edmund playing shortstop for you. And then you've got the machine. And if you have, if you can't see the t-shirt right now, I'm gonna hold it up on YouTube for you. There it is. Mr. 700. My mom got me this shirt. Funny thing is, so it was my mom's birthday yesterday, and she sent me a present <laughs> instead. That's where we are. Um, and I was like, do you want me to get you something? Is there th- something you want? He's like, no, I got everything I need. I'm fine. So she just wanted a, a phone call and an I love you from me. Um, anyway, so um, you've got Albert Pujols. The machine, he's back as your DH. Uh, we know he's been a completely different hitter in the second half. Uh, an absolute threat in the heart of this lineup with Goldie and Nolan. He's going to be batting second today ahead of Goldie in game one. Now, we've come a long way from the end of June, where it was just released in an article, again, by John Den at MLB.com. Follow him. Read his work. He's fantastic. Uh, wrote about Albert actually considered retiring after struggling so much in June. And boy, are we glad he stuck through it because um, – after he got through a bad June and hit three home runs in July, he had the all-star break, and then it's been something different ever since. He hits eight home runs in August, seven in September, two more in October, and this catapults the team. They they fed off his, in, his energy as he strived to get to 700. From July 30th to September 7th, the Cards go 28-8 and eight to move from four games down in the NL Central standings to nine and a half games ahead of Milwaukee. 
During that pivotal stretch, Pujols crushes nine home runs on his way to 703 in his career and passes Babe Ruth for second all-time in RBIs. Nothing short of spectacular. Let's keep it going in the postseason, Albert. We're not done yet. But those are your big hitters in the Cardinals lineup. Newbar is going to bat lead off today in game one. He and Donovan have been your, your on-base studs. I especially love what Donovan brings to the table. I think he might be the breakout candidate as far as uh, postseason names go. Kind of an X factor in this one. Just his overall game. He likes to work counts, clutch hitting, good defender. Just feels like he might be the guy that people finally notice nationally. He's going to be hitting behind Arenado in game one. He'll be on the number five spot. Carlson will bat sixth. He's in center. Great defender. Streaky at the plate. Uh, he's another guy. If you can get anything at all from him <laughs> on the from the left side of the plate, that's a bonus. We know he can hit as a right-handed hitter. From the left side, it's been a struggle. And you got Wheeler. You got Nola going in game two. He's got to do something against these guys, right? Okay, we can't we can't have him just be a nothing in that number six hole. So hopefully he can uh, get a hold of a couple in this one and get on base. Dickerson will go into left field. Let's hope we get the August Dickerson who was mashing and not the other one. Uh, Molina behind the plate, perhaps uh, a little more of that September Yachty will show up and emerge. And then you've got uh, Tommy Edmond batting ninth as the secondary leadoff guy because after you get through the lineup the first time. There's no real leadoff hitter. So it'll end up being, and they put Edmund down at the five, kind of like what they did with Newpart. You know, they, they just kind of flip and flop them, uh, batting ninth and batting first, and it's fine. Um, that's pretty much it. I don't, I don't have a lot else to tell you about the Cardinals offensively. Now, the Phillies, they've got the NL home run leader in Schwarber. Hit 46 this year, but he strikes out a lot. He whiffed 200 times this year. Last year's NL MVP in Harper, he's been a shell of himself this year due to injuries, but it's still Bryce Harper. Okay, you're not going to look at him coming up to the plane and go, oh, that's the low 200 hitter Bryce Harper. It's still Bryce Harper coming up there. So uh, and we know that he has a, a, a bit of a, a way of rising to the occasion. So uh, he's he's obviously obviously somebody you got to worry about. Nick Castellanos used to murder the Cardinals with the Reds, only hit 263 this year, 13 home runs, was getting booed by the home crowd in Philly on a number of occasions after signing his big contract. Got to keep him in check because he's still a good hitter, but not the same guy that we saw in Cincinnati. Reese Hoskins has a lot of pop at first base, 30 dingers, but also another big strikeout guy, 169 this year. JT Romuto led the team in steals as a catcher. So it's not like they run a lot. Uh, and you got Yachty behind the plate, so you're not really worried about them running on you all that much anyway. But he's a great all-round player. 21 steals, 22 home runs, 84 RBIs. He hit 276. Definitely, this is the guy I think that you got to keep an eye on. He's he's my X factor for uh, the Phillies lineup. You've got the big names and Real Mewtwo. I mean, he's a big name, but still, I feel like he gets overlooked by some of the other guys in this lineup, and he really shouldn't. Uh, as far as lower name guys, Alex Bohm at first base has been a thorn in the Cardinals side this year. He hit 421 against them and two home runs, but overall had a really rough last month hitting just 231, but He's a, he's a decent player over at third base. He's one of those guys in the postseason that, you know, like David Freeze was worth the Cardinals, okay? Not a superstar by any means, just a solid guy over there at third base. But then all of a sudden he got hot and he was a problem. So uh, definitely somebody to keep an eye on there too since he did so well against the Cardinals already this year. Uh, game times are set, obviously, today. You've got the 107 St. Louis time start, game two. On Saturday, 7.37 St. Louis start. And uh, game three, if need be, will be on Sunday, either at 6.07, 6.37, or 7.37 Central Time. 
it's all about TV stuff with that. So uh, if that gets released, we'll let you know. I've got the Cardinals winning this one in three games. Beating both Wheeler and Nola, that's going to be tough. But I think they beat one of them and then win in game three. And if you hadn't heard, we're going to be doing post-game stuff all weekend long. So be on the lookout for uh, when that becomes available. A lot of crossover stuff between me and Connor Thomas at Locked on Philly. So we, we had a good time on our crossover episode yesterday. Uh, if you guys haven't seen that one yet, be sure to check it out. Uh, but he's a good guy. And uh, they're just happy to be in the playoffs. Whereas the Cardinals, we're here to win a championship. You know, it's we're, we're on the road to number 12 today at Bush Stadium. The final run for Albert and Yachty, maybe even Wainwright. So enjoy it. Thanks for making Locked On Cardinals your first listen today. Now make your second listen to Locked On MLB Podcast. MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan brings humor, passion, and unique perspective on every team and the biggest stories around the league. You want coverage on what's going on in the other wildcard series this weekend? Sully's got you. Follow the number one daily league-wide podcast, Locked On MLB, on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to like and subscribe us on YouTube. Hit the notification button. Also, follow on Twitter at LO underscore Cardinals and at JD Sports Radio. It's playoff time, baby. You're the best fans of baseball for a reason. I'll see you next time, hopefully, with a win, a series win here at Locked on Cardinals.